0: Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance
1: and I'm George Affleck
0: and it's time for,
1: I'm looking out for number one unspun. Number one, number one. who's going to be number one in the male race in Vancouver,
0: maybe everybody. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. Oh my gosh, it's so crowded. George, your birthday, October 15th, 2022. It is election day. Municipal yes. election day. Everybody's going to vote, right? Not just 30% uh, of people.
1: Uh well, it depends it's early days. It depends how angry people get, but this poll shows that nobody's going to vote. <laughs> so it's like 40 I mean this poll is highly skewed and it was done by one of the candidates clearly. Uh, this, for those people who didn't see this poll, it pretty much, uh, you know, it's anybody's game because there was like everybody's kind of clumped around 10 to 20 percent, you know, uh, for mayor in Vancouver. Uh, and then there was 40 percent undecided. So 40 that, for yeah, that's zero. Huge. That's
0: huge. That's, sh- Either that's huge. a really
1: crappy poll. Or, wow, people are are not inspired by any of these people running for mayor.
0: So, so I've been filling in on the radio as we do, mm-hmm. um, and that poll I found that poll in Business in Vancouver, and so I called up my good friend and former colleague Kirk Lapointe, who is like oh, the yeah. editor in chief of that joint.
1: Former and mayoral candidate.
0: Former mayoral candidate, right? In twenty, yeah,
1: I ran with him. Mm-hmm.
0: Twenty fourteen, right? Yep. Um, there you go. So uh, he came in late in the race, and came. Pretty close to becoming mayor, and then in was it twenty eighteen I'm getting my dates all messed up when yeah. what Ken Sim only lost by a few hundred votes I Shana 900. Sil- 900
1: I think, yeah, there you 600.
0: go right, and Shauna Sylvester garnered many more than what yes. people thought she might, and that landed Kennedy Stewart in the role he is currently in uh chief letter writer and press releaser um, <laughs> good one, good one. Am I wrong?
1: <laughs> no, that's nice. Good.
0: I feel yeah. like I'm yelling from the rooftops every every week, so I'm being more subtle now. I'm just saying, a you know strongly what?
1: Strongly worded letters. A s- that strongly. Would, that would things.
0: So and then, when something happens,
1: like... he takes credit for it and puts a press release out. That's good, even though he had nothing to do with it. Anyways, that's standard politics. So I had but, yeah. Kirk
0: Lapointe. I had Kirk LePoint yeah. on the radio. So so. Um, I wanted to share with you that he reiterated many things that you've taught me here on Unspun Podcast, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, one of the things being how the vote splitting of all the crammed people that are Mm -hmm. center-center right uh, or farther right um, who are going to split up a whole bunch of fragment all the votes in four different directions and Kennedy Stewart, the incumbent, is going to land himself back in the mayoral seat with, you know, a highly Mm -hmm. unpopular fraction of the voter um, but the motivated voter who recognizes his name, he is like, Kennedy, mm-hmm. forward, whatever. Uh, I don't feel like we're moving forward right now as a city. And But the voter is so exhausted by all things, says Kirk LaPointe. It's too early to call. But the way he sees it right now is that, I mean, it's lining up as you have predicted time and time again, that if, if the 40% aren't motivated to find a person to collectively vote for, right? Mm-hmm. Not split it between four people or more. Um, we're gonna find ourselves very similar to where we are today. And one of the things that you also taught me over the years of you schooling me on municipal politics, <laughs> which I find, no, it's really important. A lot of people don't know this stuff, George, and mm-hmm. you are a brainiac. So <laughs> when it comes to the Vancouver mm-hmm. Charter- Tell and my what kids them- that. I will, I'm in touch with peers, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're close friends. I digress. But the Vancouver Charter and how the mayor, and you've said this numerous times, the mayor's just one vote, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yep.
1: weak, weak mayor system. Mm-hmm.
0: So seeing all of these people, and Kirk brought this up, Kirk LaPointe brought this up, like perhaps maybe a couple of the people that are running for mayor could actually just earn and win easily, quite easily a seat in council. One already has a seat in council, frankly, mm-hmm. already has a full vote in Colleen mm-hmm. Hardwick. What do you think about what motivates this group, knowing what they know about politics, that it's going to make it so that we end up with the incumbent?
1: <laughs> and some people obviously would like that because, you know, he's, he 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 did the win last time and had 50,000 votes. What's interesting, when Kirk ran for mayor against Gregor Robertson, uh, it was pretty a much of two-person race, and Gregor got 90,000 votes, and I think Kirk got like 80,000 approximately, about 10,000 vote difference. Uh, everybody else was like non-existent. So you know that was an example. Last election, uh, Kennedy Stewart had fifty-two thousand votes, uh, and then uh, Ken Sim had like fifty-one thousand, and Shauna had thirty-five thousand. Uh, so there's sti- and there was a bunch of other people running for mayor. If you recall, there's like a whole bunch of people running for mayor. So they kind of there's like five thousand for Hector and five thousand for this person, right. and that person. So you know, it, but it was a low turnout. Um, and one thing that that. Kirk made a mistake. Uh, he could have won and the mayor apologized and surged ahead of him. But what happened in, and this is what's happening with Ken. What's interesting in this election is, uh, you know, Kirk and his team and I was on that team. He ran 10 candidates, I believe. We yeah. a full ten. 10. And so as we've talked about before, um, the likelihood of people voting for te- all 10 is un- uh, very unlikely. So you vote for six or seven and then they want to spread their other three votes around cause they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to vote for everybody uh, for that party. That's, you know, that seems weird. Uh, so it's better to run six or seven, uh, which, uh, the NPA I think ran eight last time and then ran one five, uh, this yeah. time running six. Uh, and I think there's a good chance that he could win all six, but I don't think John's going to win. He might. Based on that poll, anybody could win. I don't want to have him at the bottom. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 that NPA basis still exists, whether people admit it or not. They're paying attention to all the stuff that you and I talk about, the stuff we see on Twitter. They're not. They're not. I know no. people think they are, but they're not. They're not. They'll show up at the polling booth, and they'll make their vote for the NPA, and they'll see six go well. I know the NPA, tick tick, but who's ABC? I don't know who they are really. You know, they even know they're spending money. They that
0: spend name money. sounds familiar. Click. They don't yeah, even know or why. Green Party.
1: Okay, I'll give Green yeah. three. Uh, but you know what's Mark? I don't even know Mark Marison's I totally. We were trying to. What I can't remember what it's called. I don't um, And then uh, the Mayors is forward. Uh, there's Team, which has history, so that has value. And you've got some names on there like uh, Bill Thielman. So there's a good chance people ah oh, Bill Tillman. He's left wing, but he's a good guy. Like I when I went, ran, I had a lot of people on the left side vote for me uh, because they knew me. They were my friends. I had you know probably a thousand people that I knew, which is, was enough to get me into the top 10. Yeah. That, that's how politics works. So this time, what yeah, I think Kirk is, you know, he's the mayor will be potentially the same mayor, but he might have, I think, very likely. Uh, an NPA, potentially NPA ABC council. Um, and so fully right-wing council, which gives, which creates a real challenge for those counselors because they don't have to care about what the mayor says, but it's so, it'll be so weird because the mayor becomes redundant if that were the case. And so the mayor's office with all the money that he has and all the stuff, they can just say, you know what? You don't get any money. You get 6,000 bucks a year. Uh, and we knew how we're going to be, we're going to make the chair of, of all the well, this meetings and that meeting, they could just take over the, everything and just right. make them. You could go to the events and and uh, you know and have some rubber chicken proclamations and, uh,
0: and yeah, you any power. yeah, right. And then, so,
1: but whether because some of those people running for council are not, uh, I don't think particularly manageable. So I, I don't, I, I think it'll just be chaos, like it has been for the last four years. Sadly, we're going to see another chaotic four years, which will lead to the next election where people might suddenly go, okay. Enough of this. Let's get.
0: Can't we be there uh, already? Please tell me we can find a way late. to. Too late. Is it? Too late. Yeah. I'm telling you what, I feel. you have for your the nomination
1: kid. packages in by September 9th. So.
0: I feel for the kid that answered the phone when I dialed 311 about my garbage and green bin not being yeah. picked up again. For
1: week or three or whatever it was.
0: It, I went to put my kitchen green bin into my. Green bin out on the, that was still in the spot that I have to have it a specific amount of space apart from the other things in order for some, like I follow all the rules. I'm, as you know, a very, a dedicated rule follower. Um, and I opened up my green bin and it was just maggots.
1: Oh, Gross. Tasty dipped in chocolate,
0: though. I just, and and I, the whole alleyway stunk. It doesn't matter where you go in the city. It's dirty. It's stinky. It's graffiti covered. It's dangerous. It is, mm-hmm. it's, you know what? It, it's awful. And and I don't know the last time you've been down to the downtown east Side. What was the last time you drove through that area?
1: I went and did a tour with Sarah. Uh, uh, Sarah Blythe. About a month ago, month and a half ago, okay, so she gave fairly me a tour recently. A so yeah. yeah, I was down there and, and saw the drug dense dispensing machine and, and the uh, all the stuff on the inside that you don't even see it from the outside. But there's lots of stuff going on behind the walls of those buildings that those tents are in. So I think we've created an atmosphere down there that is significantly challenged. I mean. All due respect to Sarah, and she's saving lives down there for sure, and 100%, and she's in the right place. But, you know, we've created, the city has created an atmosphere now where on the inside you have all this stuff that there's free food, there's free furniture, there's free drugs, there's free everything. Um, And on the outside, as a result probably, in some ways related to it, Uh, We have a a tent, sidewalk tent city uh, because, hey, you know, I can go shopping inside, get my groceries for free, come outside, light a little fire and uh, camp outside on the sidewalk or now onto the street of the downtown east side. So there's only one organization at fault here and that's the city of Vancouver. And and that's the politicians at the city of Vancouver and and the park board for that matter. They also let this happen in the parks. It's just the same people. They're just moving around. Now they're on the streets. Uh, creating these tent cities, so it's a question of: Are you willing to accept these tents, or you do? You, it's it's that whole issue. You, you got to keep moving them along. I know for a fact that years ago we had people who would tent up in anywhere in the, whether it be parks or on the sidewalks or whatever, and yeah. the, the staff uh, staff at city hall, usually from the engineering department, because they were the ones who clean the streets and stuff, would kindly go along and say, "Okay, you know, you can't have the tent here. Can we just?" You know, move this along. It'd be in the middle of the night or early in the morning before we all got up. And it was their kind of part of their job to kind of get these people. It's, you can't sleep here. You got to move along. And they would because they yeah. were tenacious. You have to be tenacious about it. You have to be consistent. Uh, what we stopped doing that. In part because, well, it, perhaps the volume's an issue, and staff just couldn't take it anymore. But also, we empowered this 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 decision to uh, let them do this. Um, and I know they're they're homeless, and they were trying to find places. And there's a homeless problem. But is this the solution? When we have people getting burned on the street and beaten, and and sometimes dying and murdered, and I mean, this is not this is not a civil society. This is not what we should be doing. We've got there's got to be a better way. And 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 but to accept this as a city is unacceptable.
0: It's becoming dystopian-like. It's mm-hmm. becoming an us versus them. And I don't know who, whether I'm us or them, because I'm somewhere shockingly in the mushy middle as per usual, you know, feel mm-hmm. free to chastise my mush. But, well, I I do think that we've painted ourselves into this corner societally, um, and, you know, the, the years of the SROs, it was 181 episodes ago that we were talking about Oppenheimer park and you Mm -hmm. laid down in our very first episode of unspun podcast. Like, is it going to take someone dying here? Well, we're long past that now. I I mean, we're,
1: I will point out, I will point out, by the way, I wrote a column uh, and I said that the tents would be the mayor's Achilles heel. Uh, And people were, you know, the tents when the parks kind of went away and I got uh, people mocking me for saying, aha, it's not an issue anymore, George. They've gone away now. Well, Mm -hmm. it has become the hot topic again, these tents. And so I believe this is the issue that will potentially be the mayor's downfall. And he sent out a press release today saying basically they can't do anything and they won't do anything until they get housing for all these people. Uh, which is you know it's basically
0: shockingly someone else's we, fault, George. Yeah, shockingly, pushes it down.
1: so the problem is we've got to find housing, buy some more hotels that we need for tourists in a tourist city that are now uh in, in so the housing's the issue. Um, uh, but if you have read, I know that people get mad at me about this one, San Francisco. Uh Steven Schellenberg, it's a book. He wrote it, it's about San Francisco who went who basically are about ten years ahead of us on this kind of what's going on, what we're seeing here, and decisions made uh, his focus is, and he was going to run as an independent uh, in the governor race in, in California. He, he dropped out a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago. But his point is that you, it, it's actually the liberals side of the spectrum that have allowed this to happen because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and they're worried about this. And, and, and uh, you know, that attitude, which I always bring up, he brought this up in his book. The cuts to uh, to uh, um, psychotherapy and and how and 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 institutionalization, which we ended in the early '90s, and the cuts to housing funding—exact same formula in the United States as we saw in Canada. It's almost every Western country done, did the same thing in the early '90s. It's like this perfect storm of, uh, you know, housing being cut, funding being cut. Psychological and psychotherapy and psycho everything, how you know, these institutions, all mental this stuff being taken yeah. away, mental health, yeah. all that stuff being taken away, yeah. uh, along with this consistent uh, unwillingness by uh, politicians to be a bit tough and afraid to be tough. Um, and in Vancouver, it is tough to be tough as a politician because you probably will lose uh, and not win an election because we are a very liberal city.
0: Until it creeps into your neighborhood, right? Until it does touch Shaughnessy, until it does touch Dunbar, until it gets into Chip Wilson's front yard. Chip Wilson injecting a big bunch of money into politics and kind of a Yes. I'm like, (laughs) Good thing good thing we got money out of politics, three hundred and eighty grand going in like prosperity, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? What? It's
1: called a super PAC. I predicted it would happen when we did the election did. finance reform. I said in 2018, 17, I said this election finance reform, which I su- support, supported municipal election finance reform. Uh, but this formula that they came up with and pushed through, uh, there were many things wrong with it. And actually, I had a letter that we wrote, I wrote along with Andrew Reimer and Adrian Carr. All three parties that. in the council at the time wrote a letter saying, here are the problems with that policy. That was one of them. We said this gives the opportunity for super PACs to be created, who will, much like in America, outside invisible money, opaque, not able to see where that cash is coming from. So it's happening. It's no surprise. There were some smaller ones in the yeah. last election, uh, but what we've set up with here is, is uh, probably what they should do. The simple solution is to raise the amount uh, to donate. It's not twelve hundred bucks. They should make it ten thousand bucks. Then you can see who wants to give ten thousand bucks, and you can right. judge. Judge the people yeah. for that. Go, oh, well, you get 10000 bucks, Chip Wilson. Well, you know, how dare it. you? Yeah.
0: Well, you're protecting your interests as somebody who is an elite, right? Mm-hmm. There's protectionist of what works for them as opposed to what works perhaps for the greater good in the community because yeah. having this, you know, divide between the haves and the have nots is just not working and it's permeating. As I said, it's in neighborhoods and, and schools. We talked a lot about uh, school liaison yeah. officers being removed because, right. Oh, we don't, we don't, we don't want, you know,
1: police.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know. we don't. And now we have significant violence yeah. in areas of this city. That is mm-hmm. teens. Like did you hear about the story after the fireworks on Saturday night, last Saturday, happened around midnight. I saw it on global. I actually interviewed Tanya Byzantine, the media relations officer for the VPD, on this, mm-hmm. because I, I just, I couldn't believe what I was hearing from the victim. Here's a grown man with his buddy, two able-bodied young men who were walking back from the beach. They were at seventh and maple, I th- or no third and maple. So right down mm-hmm. in Kitsilano, right? places I've walked my whole entire life, never worried for a second coming back from working in the bars all night, three o'clock in the morning, I'm walking down there by myself. And here are these guys at midnight on a 1230 on a Saturday, who a group of six, they said five or six, 13 and 14 year old hooded and masked teenagers, bear sprayed them and mugged them, robbed them, and and like and a couple of them were more engaged than the others. And I'm telling you, George, the the VPD know about this one and the other one that happened near the 7-Eleven at 10th and Alma. Mm-hmm. Um, another part of the world that I grew up in, um, you know, down at the end of West Broadway and Collingwood. There, that's where my grandparents used to live. It's like this is the neighborhood. This is, I've been around here. This doesn't typically happen here, and all of a sudden, it's happening. Way more often the woman got punched in the face seven times. She was all bloodied and bruised, and but she got rolled. She got her yeah. her purse was stolen, her phone was taken, da da da. Whatever. Again, teenagers. Now those are the ones that have been reported to police. Being in this neighborhood, I'm hearing way more. The bear spray issue is massive, and again, Port Coquitlam. God bless Brad West. They're talking about pulling bear spray yep. from. Sure convenience mm-hmm. stores like what's bear spray doing in convenience Why? stores first and four months i mean yeah. hello right no. for starters but having to like be an adult to, to get it but some parents this is what i understand because i spoke with um oh doug no i can't remember his last name he's the safety uh representative at city hall in poco he was great mm-hmm. on the subject i'm so sorry I'm, I'm blanking on his name but he he was saying you know some parents are buying this To arm their children against attack, not knowing that their children might be using it in ways like we've lost some plots here. There's like, there are conversations that need to happen.
1: The the gun culture in America, right? You know. Thank you um, for hearing
0: me. Thank you. mm -hmm. Like, and we're so disengaged and we're like, whatever. Not my little Johnny. I mean, I'm having these conversations with my 14 year old around the table and I'm like, (laughs) we need Cause i'm like do you hear about this and he's like not only do we hear about that but we also hear about getting axed are you familiar with getting axed
1: no but it sounds horrible
0: you know the spray axe oh yeah that stinky awful <laughs> hairspray meets body odor teenage
1: boy wears it yeah
0: right so that's used at parties if you don't like somebody you spray them in the face with axe oh what are we doing the blind what ans- are we doing
1: you know, it's, it's and it, one of the things about that, to kind of bring it full circle, uh, that poll that came out, what's interesting about some of the data was showing how candidates like um, uh, Colleen Hardwick is getting support uh, from yeah. a younger audience, um, moms and dads of young teenage kids. Um, who are supportive of some of her policies? Which you would think, what? I thought she was the old person's party, uh, but no. Apparently, that stuff she's saying is resonating. Uh, and I know it's not necessarily crime, but certainly. So this election um, is it's all over the map, and I think people are fed up, and they're going to look to the candidates that are that can they think can provide them with the solutions. I, I haven't heard any solutions from any of these candidates really that are clear. I look forward to hearing those over the next two months, but I, I'm you know we'll see. Um, but we
0: talked last week about the park board flip-flop from Ken Sim and yeah. seeing his interview with Justin McElroy. Did you see that? No. The discussion. So when Justin McElroy was saying, okay, well, you're kind of changing your tune on this. I'm paraphrasing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, the, the public consultation that went awry on this mobility study, my air quotes are up. If you're just listening to this and not watching uh, the podcast, cause I mean, public consultation anyway. Um, but Ken Sim basically said, oh, we're, we're just not going to do that. We're just not, you know, what, once we take over park board, we're not going to, we're not going to do public hearings like this. We're not going to. And I was like, what? what, hold on, hold on. What, wait, what, wait, what? Like there's, mm. a, a, that's, I'm, that's I'm concerned. I wanted, that's I wanted more questions to be answered in that conversation mm. because I think we're swinging all over the place. You here. know,
1: I, I think the Ken said what he should have said when he decided to flip flop. But should have said, I, 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 I'm going to go in there. We're going to. W- I want to win Park Board, and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to try and fix it. If I can't fix it within the first 12 months, if you don't see a m- immediate change within the Park Board and the way it's operated, then I will absolutely put a motion. F- have my team put a motion forward uh, to dissolve the Park Board. If we can't fix, it, I that think that would have been perfect. Months, then it's done. It's toast. I'm going to give that. I'm putting them on notice. Uh, that would be a better approach for him. That his flip flop would look stronger, uh, but instead he just flip flopped and didn't have a really good reason for it. And I, that's not you good. You should be
0: you should oversight. be in communications or something. You're very smart. Hey, following you on social media is a blast, and staying up to speed on advice like that. And you also point like I do. Read this. You got to watch this on social media at mm-hmm. George Underscore. <laughs> underscore Affleck, at George underscore Affleck, because somebody took George Affleck, and so George Affleck needs an a underscore. Nine-year-old
1: but- kid. I'll get him.
0: Jared Nervant. I'm at Jody Vance on Twitter, J- Jody with a Y, at Jody Vance, at Unspun Podcast, of course. Um, not as busy on there as typical, but you can find unspunpodcast.com very informative. You can make sure you never miss an episode of this by going to unspunpodcast.com and signing up to get direct to your email inbox this weekly podcast um let's move on we were talking about park board lifeguards over the yes that certainly heated
1: up didn't it well george you heated that you you did (laughs) well we had some intel uh we did. you know I think that uh if anybody was paying attention to the news over the weekend the lifeguards uh, there's a there was a this drum circle a massive drum circle now in the west side of Vancouver on the beach it's getting bigger and bigger it's getting a bit unruly obviously not, no permits you no know, it's like you know it's like 420 just do whatever you want whatever no police uh and there was some uh, problem and the lifeguards got pushed aside and then we talked about this last week, and the decision, the park board's decision, was to you know, oh, we'll just uh,
0: pull the lifeguards, pull the lifeguards pull.
1: from the from yeah. the beach, uh, and then of course we heard further that uh, they were pulling the lifeguards from the beach to put them in the pools, and then the pool because the pools didn't have enough staff. It's like,
0: ugh, the park board, and then come on. wait you, for
1: you it, you knew the pools were going to open,
0: right? So when uh, Donnie Rosa, the GM mm-hmm. of Park Board. Did the tweet from Kids Pool with the picture. We're so excited. It's open. I had already been on the Kids Pool site before the announcement that it was open. Sold out through the long weekend. Sold out. You cannot get an appointment to go to the public pool that we pay for uh, at a time where just days before, literally two days before, there were 250,000 people crammed onto the beach. But no, no, COVID in the pool. I mean, come on. How are how are we able to staff the celebration of light, but we cannot staff Kit's pool on a long weekend? I don't know what I would have done without that pool when I had uh, small children. I would get all the kids together and yeah. the moms and we'd yeah. be, right? Like it's a resource. It's a it's a place to go there, when people don't have anywhere to go. There are two
1: good pools in Vancouver for sure, and the beach. And you know, yeah. this lifeguard thing, I, I I just can't. And you know, we got attacked for because we were going pretty aggressive on this on Twitter, and you were on CKNW covering it. Uh, and the, and people are going at us saying, oh well, you know, there's a worldwide shortage of lifeguards or something. I'm like, not okay. according to
0: Brad West. Well, not according, according to the mayor West of Poco. He's like, he's no, there. we're good.
1: But, and I don't know what they pay, but you know you're in Vancouver, live a, You know I think they're paying these guys twenty five bucks an hour by the hour. You know they're not they're not paid a lot of money. And I'm going. These are first responders, for God's sake. Can we not pay the people who save our lives and teach our children properly? Is this not something that we shouldn't prioritize in our lives? I don't understand why you would. If you want to get more lifeguards, pay them more. They'll come. Pay them more, home with Johnny. Build it, and they will come. Bra- uh,
0: Brad West said. You know what's wild about BC day-long weekend? It happens at the same time every year. And we planned for it. We knew that,
1: right,
0: we we arranged for there to be lifeguards, we pay them well, we schedule them the way that they want to be Mm -hmm. scheduled so that they have the balance in their life that they need in order to provide the service when we need them. And he he also leaned in on the garbage uh, recycling and, and green waste pickup. Uh, he talked about how he knew that in the spring and summer, it was going to be busier and parks and trails and beaches and Poco. What a concept. So he planned for extra pickup. What a concept. Like, why yeah. is this so difficult? Why, and why do the uh, uh, elected officials in, in Vancouver, in Metro Vancouver, why do they think we're so dumb that we're believing the excuses that are rammed down our throats now? Because it's just not true. Mm-hmm. There are alternate facts at play here. It's not factual that the reason we didn't have lifeguards on the beach is because there are none. Yeah. It's just not true. It's not true. No,
1: they're, 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 and, and frankly, if there are none and then you knew that last year or the year before, or you knew this was coming, you start planning for it. Sure. You may have to compete for it and pay them more or whatever. And you build that into your Do budget. nothing you else. Do nothing else until budgeting.
0: it's done. Sorry. I'm yeah. cross talking with you because I'm so passionate about this. We talk about this all the time. Do nothing else. Until that's done, I want mm-hmm. the basics taken care of for sure before we talk about Cuba or big oil and gas yeah. or you that know what one, I mean.
1: That is one idea that I've heard from John Cooper about uh, you know, and, and Parkboard should do the same. Is let's do an assessment. What you know, when we talk about these basics, 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 you know, and it's it's become a derogatory term to some people. But you know what are the basics? What should the see C- How much? What should the be doing? If you want to be more like Brad West, uh, what does that cost in Vancouver? If you want to make right. sure the lifeguards are going to be lifeguarded up next year, what's that going to cost? How, build us do an assessment of that first if you're out of the gate. So that's what John said he's going to do. And I think that's a good idea. Just kind of let's okay, ho ho. Okay, before we make any decisions, about anything else as a council, you, before we do the budget, we have got till April next year to approve that budget. Let's just take a step back. Let's take a look at what's going on, what we're spending our money on, and prioritize the things that people keep saying whenever I, I, I hear it all the time. I I don't think it's a left or right issue. People are looking around going, fix our city, come on. This is atrocious. This is terrible. Pay the police, give them, you know, get the streets cleaned. So, you know, pick up the garbage, take the recycling. What is the problem here? So
0: are you sure you won't run for mayor?
1: <laughs> well, I was giving kudos to John, but it's a good idea. It's you know, something I probably would have done for sure.
0: It is a good idea. Honestly, if somebody said that and meant it, they'd get my vote. I really well, want the base. One better say I, it louder, like, I guess. <laughs> and let staff, like go to staff and say, show us what we're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Because I don't think everybody knows all of the things at play. I don't. And and some of the things that were prioritized, some of the new departments that were created at the cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars that nobody really knows what they do, but it sounds really good in a press release Mm -hmm. before the waste getting picked up before the streets are being cleaned. Oh, we can't clean streets because that would use water. What? Like what? (laughs) I mean...
1: Oh Vancouver, you
0: crazy! Oh Vancouver, town. we have
1: We, we gotta get into Surrey and Victoria because things are heating up in do. Victoria too. We've got to, Lisa we gotta. At least help it's not running it again. Uh, it's interesting things going on over there, so we'll try to talk about the next time. Uh, and Surrey, yeah. of course, is very getting curious and weird. Vancouver gets a lot of attention, and I apologize to our viewers and listeners, um, but we know. And if you've got, hey, it's the some, biggest municipality in in, DM in us, the province. DM us from your town though, if you've got stuff you want us to talk about. Send, Send us, uh, us on Twitter uh, or email us, info at uh, com. Let us know what's going on in your town. I, I, I'd i like to know. I'm, I, we're going to be covering a lot of this up to Election Day, so we want to know.
0: We should tap into the community newspapers all over too. That would be a good idea, bring in mm-hmm. some of those stories. To, as we prepare, for because the municipal election doesn't just happen in Vancouver. October fifteenth, twenty 2022 yeah. is a very important day, and not just because it's George Affleck's birthday. <laughs> uh, I know we're going a little bit over here, but before before we uh before we sign off alex jones
1: oh. info wars right that day in court yesterday uh it being thursday right now and and him finding out in real time that his lawyers had accidentally sent all of his texts to the, his the, the it's like oh god it was classic classic the guy so, perjured himself he's going to jail perjured. now he, he's got yeah. 4 million dollar fine today probably another 40 million to come in the next there's whole phases of this trial uh, but he's now probably going to be uh, put up uh, with criminal charges. You can't. You what can't. I, civil, I said this earlier about civil society. A civil society is based on a legal system and based on telling the truth in court when you get arrested or put in, if you're put in and you swear on a Bible, if you don't believe in God, it's not about God, it's about the system. It's about saying, I trust the system that we've created for our civil society. Well, if you defy that, then you must be
0: punished. What you believe has nothing to do with the truth. The truth is the truth. That's the what this judge was saying, and it was like the most seminal it's moment. Good. Watching Alex Jones' face while the, the legal team for the family who has literally been harassed since yes. their six-year-old was shot in the forehead and told they were yes. actors and his son, Jesse, wasn't real, ri- like I can't even. Mm-hmm. And then watching Alex Jones' uh, lawyer sitting nibbling on his thumbnail, knowing what was coming, right? Totally knowing what was coming, because the lawyer actually, uh, from what I can surmise, I was watching the View earlier, and Sonny Hostin, who is a lawyer, made a point of saying it's expulsatory. I can't, I can't do the word when, when a lawyer, no matter who they're representing, if the lawyer knows that their client perjured themselves, it is the responsibility of that lawyer to make it known that that is an mm. outright lie. You can argue a case. You can argue a case with facts, but if you outright lie, straight up, knowing that you are lying, that can be, because he said, I don't, I don't have any text messages on my phone about Sandy Hook. I have none. And what had I have happened is
1: that, so, uh,
0: yeah. right, but I mean, he handed over his phone and that phone got into the right hands and mm-hmm. it was used against him in a beautiful way. And I hope it is a lesson that resonates down the food chain of. Those who would grift and, and extort, in fact, people who are fearful right now and looking for someone to blame. And they use the real fake news, the falsities, the, the conspiracy theories to cultivate and profit. Because Alex Jones at one point was making $800,000 a day mm-hmm. on swag. So now he's going to pay it all. He's going to, then this is just the first of, of well, a number. Somehow. I don't know how that's, possible. but that was a lie too. The judge was, was like, you perjured yourself about that. Yeah. Cause they have, they, they know how much he has. <laughs> Hard to hide money in the U S when you're that yeah. guy. Anyway, no, it's true. we'll leave it there. Truth's always here on unspun.
1: <laughs> yes. And, and you know, good spin as well to unspin. I mean, unspin of the spin. That's our goal to make us to clarify the world for you. I guess.
0: George, are you there? Are you? Are you there? Oh, there you are. Clearing away the noise. That's it for us this week. (laughs) See ya! Bye!